So my doctor uh, prescribed opioids for me today. And I tell you right up front, I am not going to um, go get them. I threw the prescription away. As a matter of fact, I tore it up and threw it in the trash because I don't want anybody to find it and take it down to the old CVS pharmacy. Um, I, I went to the doctor for my feet, and I know it's a weird way to start the podcast, but I figured I'd you know maybe try to catch your interest with the opioid story right away. So I have arthritis in my feet. I don't know why. I mean, I don't know. Whatever. It sucks. And I've got this big Boy Scout hike coming up in three weeks. I've been talking about it endlessly for six months. It's like the biggest thing going on in our lives right now. And... Uh, my my feet kill me every time I go for a training hike. So I went to the doctor and he gave me steroid shots in my feet. And let me tell you, steroid shots in the joints of your toes, they push the needle way in and they get it in between your toes. Let me tell you, it hurts like a bitch, but the doctor numbs it up with some numbing shots before he shoots that in there. So it's much better, but the numbing shots alone are just fucking killer. So uh, I was at the doctor and he's like telling me, you know, when you go on this camp, you know, you, I'm going to prescribe some, I, I don't know if he said like opioids or opiates or whatever. Um, and if you want to use them on this hike, you can use them or Tylenol or Advil or Motrin or whatever. And he said, I can't call it in. They don't allow us a lot to call it anymore. I got to give you the prescription. So he gives it to me and I look at it and I'm like, there's no way. I mean, I appreciate this doctor. He's a great doctor, great doctor. But I am not going to take a chance on going, you know what? These are so good. I got to get me some more of this shit because drugs terrify me. I am not a drug person. I have never been a drug person. Um, don't tell anybody that I did cocaine one time when I was about 21 years old. And I don't remember whether it had any effect on me. I'd been drinking anyway, so I don't remember whether it had any effect on me. And the weird thing was it was with a bunch of people from work. Because we were all naked in a hot tub. And can you imagine how weird that would be to come into work the next day and see all of your coworkers who you were just naked in a hot tub with the night before? I had a naked secretary on my lap. I think she was probably married. And and then it's just the weirdest thing. But I got a little sidetracked. So I'm terrified of drugs. Um because I hear everything from like, you know, I think Fallon's dad has a problem with prescription pills. And there was a, a, a cop from a local police department that broke into a neighbor's house a few years ago. He came in the middle of the day and he was wandering around and the neighbor heard him in his house. And the neighbor went upstairs because he heard a noise. He goes upstairs, the cop's coming down the stairs and he was not in his uniform. And he said, oh, yeah, I lost my dog. I thought maybe the dog came in your house. What the fuck? Well, your dog came in my house. Are you kidding? Turned out the cop was addicted to painkillers, and he was just randomly picking houses to see if by any chance they had some. So, no thanks. Um, uh, again, great doctor. I appreciate it. Not going to take it. Let me ask you. Would you, knowing what we know about painkillers and opioids and addiction and how it's like such an epidemic, would you take those painkillers? Listen, I'd rather deal with the pain than deal with the amazing pain of being addicted to painkillers. So, all right, so let's lighten up a little bit. Let's talk about a chapter from my book. Because after all, the podcast is called Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. It's one of my favorite chapters, and it applies especially at this time of the year. Let me find it. It's right back here. Here we go. 
chapter number 98. Stop at lemonade stands. I love this one. It reads, I grew up out in the country where there was very little traffic, especially on our road. In fact, there was so little traffic that I had to put my lemonade stand about a quarter mile from my house so I could be closer to the main road. Only about one car came by every 10 minutes, so sales were slower than the veggies and dip booth at the state fair. And as 10-year-olds, my buddies and I were crushed. All the effort of our first business enterprise was going out the was going to waste. We were seconds away from deciding to never to put an effort into anything again, uh, assuring our place on government. I'm reading this bad. We were seconds away from deciding never to put effort in anything resembling work ever again, assuring our place in government dependence forever. Then it happened. The man who delivered the papers saw us and bought a cup of wa- of our warm, watered-down swill. He gave us a dime and said those magical words, keep the change. How we ever expected to make any money selling Kool-Aid for a nickel shows what morons we were when it came to business. But it made our day. It really did. It made our day. We were so proud of ourselves. Looking back, the man was not thirsty for a beverage some grubby little hands had prepared. He wanted to make us happy. And I never forgot that. So next time you drive by a neighborhood kid selling lemonade, make sure you stop. Toss her a buck and tell her to keep the change. It'll make her happy. And as a bonus, it might help her realize that work actually does pay off. Um, I still stop at lemonade stands. It's kind of a pain in the ass sometimes, but it makes the kid happy. And usually their parents are pretty close by too. And that makes the parents happy and proud. And, uh, you know, I'm going to just be take it a little bit more sentimental. You know, the the phase or the time frame, the window of a kid's life when they sell lemonade is so brief, probably from age five to about maybe age 10. And that's five summers. And then it's gone, maybe even shorter than that. And then it's gone. Before that, they don't sell lemonade. And after that, they're certainly not going to go out there as a 14 year old and sell lemonade. So for that time frame, go buy the lemonade. I thought about this a couple of weeks ago. Maybe I think it was last summer, actually, not a couple of weeks ago at all. I was in Colorado, and it was, again, out in the middle of nowhere where I lived, and these two kids had set up a lemonade stand. And I didn't stop. I broke my own rule, and the reason that I didn't stop wasn't even a good one. By the time I realized it was a lemonade stand, they were on a main road. I was flying by at you know 40 or 50 miles an hour. By the time I realized it was a lemonade stand, I'd kind of like gotten right even with it, and I didn't slow down. I didn't stop. And and I thought about it. I thought, you know what? Those kids were a little bit older. This is probably the last summer they'll ever sell lemonade. And they're not getting a lot of traffic out here. I wished I'd stopped. It might have made their day. So this summer, you see some grubby kids selling warm, watered-down Kool-Aid. Stop and buy it and ask them if, ask them if they're making money and um, if they're selling cookies, because a lot of the time they were doing that too, buy a couple of cookies. Um, And that leads me to another chapter in my book. And I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to kind of paraphrase. It basically is like, eat the cookie. What do I mean by eat the cookie? That is when a kid bakes cookies or brownies, and they offer one to you. Always take one. And I know you don't really want it, and sometimes it looks disgusting, and there's probably kid dirt in there, and who knows if they watch that. Eat the cookie. Take the cookie, eat the cookie, and then tell them it was delicious. Can you imagine how hurt they would have been if you said, you know, no thanks, I'm sorry, I don't want one. Well, take a fucking cookie and eat it. All right, 
Let's have some fun for a moment. Let's talk about board games. I was um, watching a YouTube video the other day of these three super nerdy guys. They were talking about their least favorite board games of all time. And uh, I kind of fast forwarded through it because these guys took an hour. You know, you look at YouTube and you see, oh, how long is this video? It's like an hour and nine minutes. I'm not going to watch an hour and nine minute video on board games on YouTube. Um, so there's a little tip for you. Whenever you're making a video, keep it short because I think people look at how long it's going to take and go, nope, not going to watch that one. It's like if you go to a bookstore and you find a book that you like and then you pick it up and you realize it's 1,018 pages thick. Nope, not going to buy that one. So anyway, so these guys are talking about board games. I fast forwarded through it and one of them they brought up was Sorry. And I don't know, Sorry's a fun game when you're a kid. It's not a game you really want to play when you're an adult, right? But when you're a kid, Sorry's a fun game. They also picked on Pictionary. Hey, I love Pictionary. Pictionary's a fun game. What about you? Do you love Pictionary? Do you hate Pictionary? Have you never played it before? I love board games. Uh, as a matter of fact, every time our band practices and gets together, um, some of us meet an hour before so we can play board games. Um, I've learned some really cool games from these guys, and it's really a lot of fun. Um, uh, some of my favorite board games, as you know, Settlers of Catan, which looks complicated, and it's just complicated enough. It's not that complicated. It's always easier to play with somebody who's played it before or watch a demo video online on um, YouTube. But it's a fun game. It's strategic. It encourages social interaction because you got to trade and barter and bitch at each other and make fun of each other. And it's a fun game. Um, I also like, there's one that's, it's I don't know if it's new, but it's called Sushi Go. And it's a card game. It's fun. Uh, there's another one called Coup, C-O-U-P which I like, but I don't want to talk about all these obscure games. Let's talk about your favorite board game when you were a kid. What did you play a lot when you were a kid? We played a lot of Monopoly. And Monopoly is fun, and it reminds me of being a little kid and playing with my sister and brother and my cousins and my best friend, Scott. Um, but honestly, Monopoly, once you learn, like, you know, you get a little older and, and it kind of sucks because it goes on forever. And it's just not, it's, it's fun, but it takes too long. I think that's a flaw with Monopoly but it won't die. There's Star Wars Monopoly and Nintendo Monopoly and there's Twin Cities-opoly and St. Paul-opoly and there's every kind of Harry Potter Monopoly and there's every kind you can imagine, but it's really not that fun of a game. I haven't played Monopoly in a really long time. He's played on my phone once in a while. Um, another game that I used to play all the time was Operation. Okay, Operation. It still kicks ass. For some reason, somebody had one at Star Party. And they were letting the celebrities play it backstage. And every celebrity is like, oh, hey, check it out, Operation. And not all of them stopped to play it because they all had to be somewhere. But everybody was like, oh, Operation, like, hey, that's cool. I remember that game from when I was a kid. Um, uh, Yahtzee. Did you play Yahtzee? I played a lot of Yahtzee. Yahtzee is fun. I'm going to make a little confession. In the downstairs bathroom, in the drawer next to the sink is one of those old 1995 handheld Yahtzee games. And it was before the age of cell phones when you can play any game on your on your phone. On, you know, you can play any game on your phone now. But back then in 1995, and I know it's 1995 because it says it on the back, on the sticker on the back, um, that was the, you know, kind of state of the art. You could play an electronic game on this little handheld. And I still play it once in a while when I'm in the bathroom down there. 
And uh, Yahtzee is still a fun game. You can play it solo. You can play it with friends. It's not the most exciting game. It's like a game you play with your grandma. Grandmas love games like Yahtzee and Scrabble. Uh, I used to play a game called, it was basically like, um, like Boggle with my grandma, where you'd roll these cubes and try to spell a word. And Scrabble, I play with my brother-in-law and my sister, and of course card games too. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. I think there's something about board games that even today, you know, with all the electronic games and video games and Nintendo Switch, um, there's still something about board games. There's a book out now. I'm going to tell you the title of it because I just bought it. And a friend sent it to, I have it downstairs, but I'm going to tell you what the title is of the book because maybe you like to read books too. Here it is. It's called It's All in the Game, The History of Board Games from Monopoly to Settlers of Catan or Catan, whatever you want to say. It's a book called It's All in the Game, and I can't wait to read it uh, because I just love board games. I'm not crazy, like, you know, love them like, you know, ridiculously, but don't we all kind of love board games? All right, moving on. I was just on Facebook before I started the podcast today, and a good friend of mine, her name is Shannon, and I love Shannon. Shannon's so nice, and I've known Shannon since she was in college at ASU years ago, like 25 years ago, and Shannon is wonderful, funny, loud, obnoxious, super smart, super successful. She's a casting director, and she lives in Hollywood, which is the weirdest damn thing because she went to school for nursing. And now she casts shows for reality TV. And she works in movies and she's a casting director. And one time she was at her office in Hollywood on like the Paramount lot. And uh, and she took her phone out and showed me like on Periscope or Facebook Live, like some of the celebrities that were walking by. And there was like somebody from some Disney show that was walking by. And she handed the phone to Carson and this celebrity, Jesse. Is there a show called Jesse? I don't know. It's some blonde girl, about 15 or 16 years old, and she said hi to Carson. Anyway, Shannon is wonderful, but she does something on Facebook, and she did it tonight, and I'm not making fun of her. I'm just kind of trying to understand why people rant on Facebook. Uh, Shannon was ranting on Facebook. She's frustrated because her mom has Alzheimer's. And Shannon was frustrated and she's ranting and she's saying, this is the worst disease and it's so terrible and it's ruining my life and it's ruined my family's life. And, and she kind of went on for a little bit. And I get that. My mom had Alzheimer's too. Um, uh, you know, we handled it the best way we could. My dad took care of her till he couldn't anymore. And then we put her in a group home and they took care of her until she passed away five years later, five years in the group home. Um, but people, it, it's a terrible thing, but that's not my point. My point is I think that people rant on Facebook because they don't have anyone to talk to. Shannon just went through a bad relationship where the guy was just not a good guy and they got engaged and they were going to get married and then it turned out that if I if I understand it right that she you know I shouldn't give any details cuz I don't want people finding out what Shannon I'm talking about but um he was not a good guy and she doesn't have anybody to rant to. I know she's got friends, but I have another friend that is on Facebook and she's gone through an awful divorce and she um, always rants on Facebook, always about how awful her ex is. And she's so sweet 
and how what a rotten person and how could her ex do this to her and just rants and she doesn't vague book. I mean, sometimes she does vague book like why me question mark, question mark, question mark. And then people below say, sending hugs, sending prayers, what's up? And and I and, but so my point is I think that people who rant or vague book do it because they don't have really anybody they can complain to. Sometimes, I mean giving them the benefit of the doubt, maybe they're just awful people and they want to rant. So here's what I thought. People want to talk to us and sometimes just unload their problems. But what's our temptation when somebody does that? What is our first reaction when somebody wants to unload their problems? Oh, yeah, me too, man. My, I, you should. Have, oh, your divorce sucks? My divorce is even worse. Yours is nothing. Let me tell you what I went through with my ex. That's our tendency to want to do that. But that's not what they're talking to you for. They want to talk to you because they want to get it off their chest. But our natural reaction is to say, oh, yeah, wait till you hear how bad I got it. And then you're stuck in a position of listening to them talk about their story. And I do it too. I know I do it. I come in, I'll talk to Fallon about something or she'll talk to me. And we're both really good at one-upping each other because we're really good friends. And you know, we, we, first thing, we see each other first thing in the morning. And I'll be like, oh, God, I'm so pissed at so-and-so. Because she's like, oh, yeah, well, let me tell you how pissed I am at so-and-so. And we end up trying to top each other, and neither of us are listening to each other. So we're both aware of it. We just do it. But I'm trying to work on it. Maybe you can, too, to just shut the fuck up and listen and go, really? How does that make you feel? Well, why did she do that? Well, what are you going to do? And instead of offering advice, just keep asking them questions. And I know that's really difficult to do. But don't you think that's kind of what people want when they're ranting or bitching about something is just to be heard? I don't know. It's just a thought. All right. Next week on the podcast, it's summer. I love summer. It is 20 times better than any other season. People go, I love fall. I don't like fall. Fall's okay. But fall is a sign that winter is coming. I love summer most, then spring then fall, winter in Minnesota, I'll pass every time. And we got to get through it, whatever. But my point is next week, I want to tell you a summer story about two kids who did something amazing. I think they were 13 and 15 years old, and they did something that no kid today would ever be allowed to do at 13 and 15 years old. I mean, the parents would probably get arrested and the kids would never be allowed to do it. And the kids would probably never physically be able to do it. What is it? And here's a little, just a little twist. These two kids are my cousins. And they did this a long time ago. As a matter of fact, 58 years ago this summer, they did this amazing thing. I'll tell you all about it next week here on the podcast. Take a shower, show up on time and don't steal anything. Oh, really quick. I have to bring this up because somebody just commented on the podcast during the podcast. It looks like it's De Lindsay Desner. And Lindsay says, because I'm talking about board games. Oh, I left out my favorite one that I mentioned. Mousetrap? Mousetrap. I can't believe I forgot this. I just posted it. Then I forgot that I posted it. Mousetrap was my favorite game when I was a kid. Mousetrap. I didn't care about the game. Playing the actual game sucked. But setting up the board... And watching those marbles roll back and forth and the bathtub and the stairs, fascinating. My God, I loved that game. I still do. I'll never play it again because actually playing the game sucks. But Lindsay writes, because I post a picture of it, 
She says, ah, mousetrap. I forgot about this game. I still love Guess Who and Scrabble. Scrabble is particularly fun when having a few drinks. My husband and I have been known to have late night Scrabble games out on our deck in the summer. The more you drink, the more creative the words get. Hey, Lindsay, I love that. Go on my Facebook page, take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. And let me know what's your favorite board game. Everybody's got one. And if you don't think of it, if you like, I don't know, I can't think of one. Just list anything. I don't care. Just have fun with it. Uh, have a great week. Remember, the book is Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. And tell anybody you know about the podcast, anybody you think that will listen, and tell them any way you want to. You can tell them, uh, I don't know, you can tell them in person. Tell them I heard this podcast, and it's really good. Tell them it's way better than Shit Town or way better than, what was the other one? um, uh, Serial? It's not. This podcast sucks compared to those two. But lie to them and tell them this is really good. Go check out episode number 22, which is what we just finished of Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. We'll see you next week. 